See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Snap is back to Hoyer, throwing open. Howard breaks a tackle, 15-10, five, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Bears! Don't stop, don't stop. A team that is known as Stop, Wait, fake. Cutler sidestep to the pocket, avoiding pressure. Now winds up throwing deep down the right side, going for Jeffrey. He makes the catch inside the 10 yard line. Down near the five. Throw it up and get it. Jeffrey did. Jeffrey outleaps him 49 yards. Bears Hour Live with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philitoshin. With me, as always, are the super fans. I'm smarter than the average bear. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. You're listening to Lauren Cox and Philitoshin after the Bears' catastrophic loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There was a lot of optimism coming into this game after the Bears had a big win over the Minnesota Vikings before their bye week, and all the questions were whether or not they could continue that momentum and whether or not that win over Minnesota would be a fluke game, kind of like it was last year when they beat the Green Bay Packers on Thursday Night Football on Thanksgiving. They ended up losing three games after that, so all eyes were on the Bears to see if they could prove that, that they could ride this momentum, and certainly it was a fluke game against the Vikings because the Bears came out in this one and absolutely crapped the bed Special teams was horrible. Offense was horrible. Defense did a decent job, all things considered, although when you look at the final score, 36-10, it's not, not what what you what would be ideal, but certainly I don't think the defense deserves a lot of blame for that. But, Phil, I, I want to get your opinion on, on this game overall. Does this game feel worse than the loss to the Jaguars at home when the Bears were up 13-0 going into the fourth quarter? I think you're absolutely – this game is worse, obviously, because you're – getting all these pieces healthy back into the fold, into the fray. You got sitting and long coming back. You just came off a huge win victory against your division rival. This Tampa Bay Buccaneers team was giving up yards and play after play. It's really disappointing. Um, two parts here, because I know people are waiting in the – in the grassy knoll with their shotguns. But first off, your coach, your head coach, giving the players a bye week off when you're two and six, coming off a victory, that's the time to refocus, reload, reassess, and regame plan. I was speaking to a couple coaches out here in Connecticut about how I thought, and it was just utterly stupid on my part to think that a head coach would be that arrogant to think that you could just go into Tampa and win and not have a focused practice instead of rewarding mediocrity or less. That to me, big mistake. And there's no doubt Jay Cutler came out and looked awful today. Horrible accuracy. Just didn't look like the Jay Cutler we had seen playing in Chicago under Adam Gase, and then when he came back last week, you saw the similar sign, accuracy, uh, intangibles, and the instincts to deliver the football. But today, he was just off. And that's when, as a coach, you start to recognize that you need to help out the quarterback and the team by running the football, and your rookie's running at six yards a clip 
you're getting in the red zone and you're getting cutesy again, Lauren. This was a huge shocker to me at this football team. It's it's vastly disappointing to a whole city, a whole fan base that traveled out there to see this catastrophe that was the Chicago Bears today. There's just no way around it. It's an explosion of putrid behavior on the football field, man. Yeah, and, and let's start with that quarterback position because you saw a quarterback that two weeks ago came out against the Minnesota Vikings secondary that was, for most of the season, being hailed as one of the best secondaries in the NFL, especially with the way their front seven had been playing. And Jay pretty well tore them up. I mean, he was firing downfield. Bad first quarter where he was rusty from missing quite a few games with a quote-unquote injury for a while there. But the, se- the second through fourth quarters of that game, he went off, and he was really tearing it up. And then you come into this game and – you know, first drive, I think they went like four and out. I think they got a four, like one first down in there. And then then there's that first interception where Grimes undercuts the route and Jeffrey looks like he's trying to go deep. Cutler thought he was going in. I, I'm, I'm willing to chuck that one up to a miscommunication between quarterback and wide receiver not on the same page. It doesn't excuse it, but it, it's that one's not all on Jay. But you get to that second one with Chris Conti on the rollout. Jay's throwing off balance, lobs it up there for his tight end, making it pretty easy for the safety to come underneath grab that and run it into the end zone. Why do you think there was such a letdown from Jay today? What, what was it about his game that kept coming back to you as why this kept happening? I just think that he was off the mark. Looking at this guy on the tape, granted it was limited this year, but last year you just see a quarterback that's focused and making plays. Yes, he's been labeled a gunslinger and he has that pension, but that second throw to Chris Conti given that football away. It was a terrible pass. The end zone pass where he's got Jeffrey open. He throws, it hits the back of the defensive back. Another bad pass. There was a lot of bad in this football game, but I really am not going to take any blame off Jay Cutler. I thought he played poor, but I got to be really honest as a coach. I thought the offensive game plan was just paint splattered up against a canvas looking at what it is you're trying to do. One thing didn't match the other thing. You're running the football really well, and the game plan in and of itself, granted, you could joke all you want about the turnovers, but the reality is you're inside the red zone. You're throwing shovel passes to a fullback that shouldn't even be on the freaking roster. I mean, ultimately, the game plan lacks anything that has to do with quality of using mismatches to benefit this football team. A mismatch today was your buddy there, Zach Miller, could have been a mismatch with Alshon Jeffrey, getting them in space and using Eddie Royal underneath shallow crosses, getting those linebackers to to chase after you've established a running game. None of this happened. It just seems like we're just going to throw something together and and put it on Jay. And Jay didn't play a a good game whatsoever. It was a horrible game by him. You mentioned this, I think... Just, just privately on text, but you know, in the first quarter, Jay, I guess it was technically in the second quarter, but the drive started in the first quarter. The Bears drive down. You know, Jay had just thrown the pick six, and things were looking bad. And the Bears get the ball back at their own twenty-four. The running game's going well. They drive all the way down. They get first and goal at the seven-yard line. The Tampa, you know, right in the right at their goal line. First pass incomplete. Jay Culler to Jeffrey. Second pass is the the shovel pass to Paul Lasique for three yards. Kyle Long gets hurt. 
third third and four, they get after that shovel pass at the at the Tampa Bay four yard line, third and goal. Cutler sacked from behind by Noah Spence, fumbled to cover. I mean, you get you get first and goal at the seven yard line after Jordan Howard had just run a, a nine yard run was the previous play before that, and he was you know he was getting into a rhythm, and you pass the ball three times, and then. From there. Turning point, turning point in the game right there, Lauren. As the whole feel and momentum, and I know there's a lot of things that go in, but it's about scoring points. You hit it on the head. You got three shots at the seven yard line, and you don't use the guy that's driving the the ball carriers and the defenders rather back and breaking tackles. It makes zero sense. You're getting to that point where we talked about we're trying to be tricky and be slick to try to score a touchdown. Instead, you injure your all-pro guard's leg because you got some dumb fullback running a shovel pass fake option. You know, that might work in college with, uh, you know, Ohio State running that stuff. That doesn't work all the time in the NFL, and it's not something you should be hanging your hat on. Pound it in there. Set the tone that you're back in this football game, and you didn't. It was a big emotion, emotional letdown there, getting down there again. Sack, fumble, and to be perfectly honest, that's on the offensive coordinator calling these types of plays. It's just monotonous in my mind. And then, you know, after that, they get back to, you know, they, okay, we get back and they hand it off to Jordan Howard a couple times. Then, of course, he has that fumble uh, on his own 30-yard line. And then Howard carries it one more time in the second in the second quarter. You know, the next drive he gets it once. And then in the third quarter, he gets it once. And <laughs> that was all we saw from Jordan Howard until the fourth quarter when the Bears were down 36-10 and got the ball back. And Howard started getting carries again. Oh, and that first carry gets back in the fourth quarter. He hurts his ankle slash Achilles, still to be determined on that injury, leaves the game, doesn't come back, finishes with 15 carries on the game, two in the second half, three total after that fumble. I mean, that's inexcusable. When you have this rookie running back playing so well, that's inexcusable. That's a coach sending the wrong message to the team and that player. The kid comes back, he gets somebody coming from his blind side, nails the football out of his hands he fumbles it yeah it hurt they end up scoring on the that drive on the turnover but the message is put another back in the next series or talk to him on the sidelines and show him that you believe in him because he's essentially helping you win this football game or be in it and to bench the kid until the fourth quarter then he's not fresh he comes back gets injured God forbid he's lost for the season. This kind of stupidity is fireable. What you saw in allowing a 2-6 and six football team coming off a win, you know the momentum. Uh, colleagues, Jose Cotto and Shane Marsaw all talked about this being a huge game leading up to this game. Uh, Aldo Gandia from Bears Barroom also expressing his furious taste of John Fox. The reality is you sent these guys home with an air and a chip of confidence that you're going to come out here and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) And you ultimately fall flat on your face. I mean, in a disgusting way, because yeah, Jay Cutler didn't play a good game. How about that secondary 
looking like a Keystone Caper cops chasing wide open guys around over and over. Winston's scrambling in the end zone, for God's sakes. We can't get him to the ground. And then to ultimately find a wide open. This isn't high school. This is the NFL. And we're having a guy play the ball underneath and Tracy Porter five yards behind the guy. It was unbelievably disappointing to see that on the secondary. The whole team in above itself just crumbled to pieces. It starts with Cutler, but it really ultimately started with John Fox sending his guys home during the bye week. I can't express how stupid that is. I I really think it's more of a story than people are going to say. But ultimately, if you come off a bye week, two weeks to prepare against a Tampa Bay Buccaneer team that was letting up 24 points every game and were not in the ballpark of the talent that you have on your football team and you lose like that, that's fireable tomorrow, people. That's get rid of this guy, make a change tomorrow, and try to salvage whatever you have left in the locker room and the momentum because this is a damaging loss for the psyche of this football team and who knows where this team is going to go now the whole thing is up in the air everybody's having questions about jay cutler about john fox Dal loggins the ryan pace the outside firm they needed to hire to reassess football operations <laughs> everything is outsourced right now i just I can't believe what transpired on the football field, but it ultimately happened, and you have to live with that. I don't see how this coach lasts. He's 8-17 and 17 as the head coach of the Chicago Bears, and he comes out and lays an absolute egg against the Tampa Bay Bucks, Lauren. Well, and you mentioned the defense briefly. We talked at the, at the very beginning that, you know, they gave up 29 points. Well, no, I guess... 27 points that would be with the safety and the pick six and but they still played a pretty darn good game and even even that secondary that that got torn up i mean we talked in the preview show there's a lot of concerns about mike evans especially with that size against this secondary but he only had four catches for 66 yards against these guys which all things considered isn't that bad they had a lot more trouble with cameron Brait, the tight end he had a, a monster game i think seven catches 84 yards and a touchdown and it was kind of like that was what the Bears' offense should have done. You know, you, you, we, we talked about Zach Miller being the mismatch against these old and, and quite frankly, terrible Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebackers. And uh, Zach Miller, I think, finished with, what was it, uh, four catches for 32 yards. He did have a drop pass that he definitely should have caught, but still it wasn't going to be, you know, a game changer by any means. And, and and some of that does go on the quarterback, you know, trying to force it sometimes to receivers that aren't open. But it just seemed like... It, things weren't being schemed. It was like they weren't prepared for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and, and really the, the Buccaneers offense on the other side of the ball. But whereas the Buccaneers seemed to have answers for everything the Bears were trying to do on offense, they seemed to know what play calls were coming because, like we pointed out in the past, this offense can get pretty predictable, especially when, you know, first down run and then pass, pass, incomplete, and then empty set on third and two and Jay Cutler throws it. I mean, so many different things that we see every week, and it's like the Bears didn't change anything at the bye week. They kind of reverted back to some of the stuff that we were afraid they were going to revert back to after the Minnesota Vikings game. And like you said, I think that's a fireable offense. I mean, I think we, we talked before the Vikings game about, you know, 
we're only one terrible game away from firing this coach and I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, after a game like this, I don't know how you let this guy back in on Monday. I mean, and this seems like the kind of time now to 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 do it. You know, there's no what. What are you waiting for? They play the New York right. Giants next week. What's what's the point of going in with John Fox in, in that game? I I agree with you immensely. I think you're ultimately doing a disservice for the future if your plan is to get better. Your defense seems to be improving. Your offense seems to go backwards. You know, you come off a big win against Minnesota where you established the ability to counteract every play that you've decided to to run. So there's an answer. This game, you're just throwing darts at a wall. I mean, I don't see any rhyme or reason. You talked about the third and two. Another huge critical moment in the game. You go empty set. You're t- you're beating these guys to the bo- punch on the offensive line is firing out and you're on all cylinders with Jordan Howard. Thought it was completely ridiculous that you ran an empty set there, almost at midfield, and you decide to throw it and it it's just baffling. Like that's two down territory on the road to me. You pound it in there, you try to get it, you pound it in there again, and you get it and move the chains and make every offensive series a maniacal quest for points. That's what we don't see with this Chicago Bears team. We got a glimpse of it against the Vikings, but that is so long ago, it no longer matters. What happened in Tampa is inexcusable. It's unprofessional. There's no fundamentals There's no rhyme or reason in play calling. Your punter sucks. He shouldn't even be on this team. They should have three punters in every week. Deontay Thompson, why are you even on the roster? The things that he does are are sacrificial to the whole football team, let alone himself. Why he's in there and not Daniel Braverman at this point isn't above itself is inexcusable. But there's no way that you can continue to play the Fox game. It's time to fire this guy. There's no way around it. I, I can't say it enough. He made the errors in lying. Now his team shows up with no plan, just like he talked, no plan after a bye week that you gave them off. He should have been in Chicago working on fundamentals working on a game plan to attack this Tampa team and carry onto the New York Giants what would have been almost a playoff atmosphere because you have the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings both losing, and you could have been right in it. Instead, your team gave you the finger, John Fox, and they laid down, and it was terrible out there. Terrible. And, you know, as much as, you know, Jay Cutler killed the first half. I mean, let's just be honest there. Jay... The first half was 100% on Jay, but they go to halftime after that Hail Mary down 17-10. And this is your opportunity as a head coach to come in the locker room and say, hey, we turned the ball over four times in the first half, and you know we really should be losing by a lot more. But you know what? We just scored in the last play there. We're down one touchdown. Let's come out of halftime energized. Let's let's be refocused. Let's come out and let's set the tone in the second half and show the Buccaneers that we're going to still win this game. And instead they come out. Jameis Winston runs around the end zone and then chucks it up for Mike Evans for 40 yards. And then next play, he's got a wide open, no-name wide receiver, Mark, Mark 
Martino, I believe, uh, for 43 yeah. yards and a touchdown in the end zone. And all of a sudden, the Bears are down 14. Then the Bears come out, hand it off to Howard, get two yards. Then Jay throws incomplete. Then Jay sacked. Then there's a penalty, a false start on the punt. And then they punted away 40, 51 yards. And then the Buccaneers respond again with a 11-play, 52-yard field goal drive that took up 9:41 of the game clock. And by that, at that point, up 27-10, the game was pretty much over. The tone was set. The Buccaneers were in control, and the Bears had no answers. And I think that halftime lack of adjustment was what really indicts John Fox and his coaching staff to me. I mean, the, the things that Jay did in the first half were very bad, but they were overcomable. I don't know. They were surmountable. How about that? There's a word. But mm-hmm. the, the coaching staff did not adjust at halftime, and they came out, and they were outcoached not only from the start, but then they had an opportunity to adjust and failed, and then were outcoached again in the second half. Well, there's no question. You get that Hail Mary. I think Jeremy Kramer on Twitter tweeted at us. You get the Hail Mary, and you see this team going into the half with a little bit of momentum, but instead they come out and they continue to play laying down, napping football. Like, there's no fire and emotion in the belly. You know, they lost Kyle Long. You heard him screaming in pain and riveting on the ground. That doesn't look good, despite what Howie, his father, saying. I'm sure that's politically correct thing to say by the dad, but I don't I don't know what the story is there. You're going to see, you're not going to see him out on the football field for a while how that affected the psyche of the football team. You're down in Tampa in the heat. All the elements were against the Bears except this arrogance, like you were going to go in there after a bye week and beat this football team that you should have beat. Four turnovers, as you said. Come back, lay the Hail Mary. Now you're down by seven. You're right back in the football game. Instead, you ultimately bench Jordan Howard. And you basically turn the whole game around into a run-and-shoot game. Your quarterback's not feeling it today. You could see he was inaccurate. I just don't understand where the plan and how they're going about doing it with the Chicago Bears and head coach John Fox. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Kyle Long because I, I, I want to I get your opinion on this. I think between the torn labrum in his shoulder, which is still torn and he's playing through it, the tricep injury he had before the bye week, I think he made miss the Minnesota Vikings game because of it. And now, no matter how severe this ankle injury is, you shut him down. I mean, even if it's a high ankle sprain that he'll be back in two weeks, you shut him down. Make sure he's able to go fully 100% for next season because there's no point in playing your Pro Bowl right guard. Potentially, you know, future at a different position, but that's that's a whole other debate. But your Pro Bowl offensive lineman, no point, no point in playing him in a 2-7 and seven season at this point. No, I agree with you 100% time you just signed him to a big deal get him healthy hopefully this isn't an achilles injury it looked like he might have broken his ankle the way i looked at it and wait the fullback lasique stumbled on it and and he's screaming in pain you could hear it on the tv copy that kyle was you know clearly injured clearly in pain had to be carted off this doesn't look good You sit them down. Um, I said before the game when I saw the inactives and I saw Eric Cush inactive, to me, that is another shot against this coaching staff. The personnel decisions that they make are like, I don't have an analogy off the top of my head, but 
you know, you buy a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you expect jelly on it. The Chicago Bears somehow would put butter. That's that's how they they use their personnel, and it's just it's terrible, Lauren. And there's no way to 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 uh, accept stupidity, except you just move on from stupidity. You know, we have a lot of women listeners on there. You know, a lot of men that come up with game and try to pick up a woman, and then they sound stupid. Aren't getting home that night you follow what i'm saying (laughs) chicago bears head coach seems to be the stupid guy with the stupid pickup line because he's certainly not picking up any wins here well your analogies are certainly on point here tonight um but (laughs) we've got our first caller on the line Uh, we'll call her what's your name where are you calling from hi guys this is ac at lady loves bears (laughs) there she is straight from alabama no, Mississippi. <laughs> oh my! Oh, come on, Phil. Mississippi. How did I? How did I mess that up? That's okay. It's Phil South. How you doing, AC? Well, right now, not well. I hope you guys can hear me because my voice is kind of gone from screaming at the television. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we feel the same way, AC. That third and two in the first quarter, where Cutler throws the interception, shouldn't have never happened. I think that kind of that took us out of it right then. I think it was going, it went downhill from there. Yeah, huge play. Again, your quarterback's coming out. You put him in a situation. He forced the throw. There could have been miscommunication, as Lauren said, but he ultimately forced it in there. He wasn't playing his best at all. We're not going to doctor that up at all. The reality is, why put him in that situation? AC, why yeah. not run the rookie who's pounding this yeah. football team and, and create gotta, a drive to get points? You got to run the ball there. You got to run the ball. And as much as I love Jalen, you know I do, and I still defend him, but I think as bad as the first half was, we were still only down seven going into the third quarter. And the Jameis play where he flings it 39 yards after he should have been sacked three times, that that was it. Game over. Yeah, Demoralizing. I think, I think that was the the thing that broke the camel's back there, the whole air of the defense. You get a stop there. You don't know what could transpire. Instead, they play Keystone Cops. They allow him to make that big-time completion. Then they come back, blown coverage again by LeBlanc. They score a touchdown, and the sailing ship went out to sea at that point. Well, yeah, it's a sad game. I thought the Philly game was bad. I think I left that game feeling like I could. I hated everybody who was there saying on Twitter at that time. But <laughs> this game was, ugh, it was, it just was, ugh, it was very upsetting because it's a game we should have won after the Packers are getting beat down and the Vikings lose again. Now, AC, are you of the belief that we are that? John Fox should be fired immediately, or do you feel like he deserves a little bit more time to see how the rest of the season goes? I'm one of the few who was against the hire to begin with. So I mm. think, I'm just not, I, I just don't know where you go from here because, in my opinion, it's just another hire where a guy still can't get out of year, year you know, get to year three. So it, to me, it just looks bad firing another coach. But, I mean, if that's what the Bears have to do, then it's what they have to do. Are you willing to sacrifice the look or the perception 
as far as versus the product that you're seeing that is the big question to you AC. Yeah. you know that's the yeah. one that i say it's ultimately is the train you can't guess a, a runaway train is it going to hit the end of the line at some point are we looking at a runaway train here with john fox and that's where i say to lauren's question that i think it's time to break up with this guy he's an abusive guy he's not treating you right it's time to give him his ring back and get somebody else who's going to take care of the locker room and this team because god knows eight and 17 as the head coach not a good sign losing to a, a team that you should have beat and you should four turnovers in the half you, you're still in the game <laughs> that's yeah. how bad and I think the point you, yeah and i think the point you made about the off um time that we had where we didn't do anything he let the team leave um you don't do that for a team that's two and six um you that was lackadaisical that's not that's not what a veteran coach should be doing so maybe john fox's time in the nfl completely it's, it's time for him to go you know be done now if they do move on from a guy like john fox do you want to see vic fangio kept around or do you think they should clean house get a whole new coaching staff and their a whole group of outside voices well, I was also one of the few people who I wasn't happy about the Lovey Smith firing, but I said, if you're going to fire Lovey, why not just move Rod Marinelli up to head coach? So maybe Vic Sanjo is is the guy. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with AC. I follow AC on Twitter. She's always bringing knowledge of football and passion, supporting the team, and also bringing factual feel to football. So... Down in Mississippi, I know you're a big Mississippi State fan, but you follow the game. I know life is football down south. I'm from the East Coast, but my father played football in Texas as well as Nebraska, and he's always forewarned me what it's like down there. So when you look at this team, it's a professional team, and it seems to be run like a junior college. Yeah, it's it's been a long run. My dad was a Bears fan. He's has family in Chicago. He was a Bears fan. He died a year before they won the Super Bowl in 85. So this has been my team. I've been st- I've stuck with this team for years, and I'm not going anywhere, but oh, it's getting harder and harder. And I was the one of the few people who was on the Dak Prescott train. Because, I mean, Mississippi <laughs> State is my alma mater, and I, I mean, I love him. So it hurts me to see the Cowboys get what we possibly could have had. Well, AC. Thanks a ton for uh, sticking along with the Bears, and, and thanks for calling in. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, guys. Always See a pleasure, <laughs> AC. It's going to get better, later. we hope. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, while we were, while we were talking, I, I ran some quick numbers on the game, mm-hmm. and in the second half, Jay Cutler was 7 of 13. Wait, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, yeah. So, yeah, 7 of 13 for 90 yards. In the second half, no interceptions, no touchdowns. I mean, so all things considered, I mean, a, a good chunk of that was garbage time at the end of the game. So no, no one's over here saying that Jay Cutler played a, you know, this a fantastic lights out second half. But I mean, like we talked about with the halftime thing, you know, you you throw four, you have four turnovers in the first half. You come out, you come out of halftime only down seven, and your quarterback goes seven to thirteen for ninety yards. I mean, that's you can win football games doing that. You know what I mean? You can, you can come back with a coaching staff and a running game. Well, let me tell you something. This is where the guy has lost 
sanity being John Fox. Your quarterback's not playing that well. He gets the Hail Mary pass. You're down seven. Your goal is to get a big stop, get the ball back, and run the football and and set the tone. Even if they scored, your goal is to be creative in the run game. Lauren, the power run game, again, you're going up and down the field with this, and, and they keep resorting to running that zone game. And, and it, when Carey and Langford in, you're getting popped in the backfield. Granted, the momentum of the game was what it was, but ultimately, the benching of Jordan Howard needs to be subjected on and answered on some level because clearly, you know, this football game was a winnable game despite all the turnovers and the sloppiness and the lack of fundamentals. Still, the coach can't figure it out in a critical situation. And that right there, to me, is why you've hi- you named Vic Fangio your head coach. And, and we've got AJ. I believe that's AJ. That sounds like his voice on the line. Yep. Uh, yep. What, what's up, AJ? Jeez. Okay, this is the thing. Fire everyone except Vic Fangio. Everyone, get the hell out. I'm sorry for my language, but what I saw today was Jay Cutler on disarray, two interceptions, one back by former Bear Chris Conti. Okay, credit to him. He made a great play. He made a great play. Logan Paulson, out of all the people that you find, you choose Logan Paulson. Logan Paulson, who should have been cut three weeks ago. What's going on here, guys? Can you please give me your football intelligence on this? Like, what's going on? Doctor, I know you want to go first, but I'll let Lauren Cox go first. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that Paulson throw, that was designed, I mean, that was designed to Paulson. That, there was, that was pretty much the only person Jay was going to throw to there. He, it's the play action to the right, and Paulson cuts across the formation, and it's sort of just designed to be a quick, easy throw. I mean, we saw Brian Poyer throw that same pass over and over and over again, almost too predictably so. You know, he would never look down farther downfield to try and find another receiver. And when Jay had pressure in his and, face, that was really right. – that was his only option or throw it away. And also, it was, like, uh, it was um, sh- I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. Like, I heard um, AC talk. Um, she's, a, she's a good person to follow. Um, shout out to her. Shout out to you two, too. But she was right. I mean, like, we should have just um, promoted Rod Mirinelli to head coach. Like, and then we go through a Canadian football – move like getting Mark Tresner over Bruce Arians. I don't know what the what was going through Phil Emery's head that day. I had I have no idea. Like if I was Phil Emery, I would hire Bruce Arians right there and then. The guy took the Colts from a losing season from no Peyton Manning, like from Angel Left's rookie season to the playoffs. Now that's what we need. We should have hired Bruce Arians when we had the chance. This well, team been, would be somewhere else. We've been up and down this road. There's so many would have and could have with this front office that ultimately here's where we are, AJ. So we're asking you, you know, tomorrow, yeah. you saw what John Fox did. He's 8 and 17 as your head coach. You could point a lot of fingers. The reality is he sent a 2 and 6 team coming off a Monday night victory home. To and celebrate. then a week off or a bye week. Are you kidding me? Exactly. And this football I mean, like, team, did they look prepared to play today? 
Okay, yeah, no, they didn't. They did not at all. Like, you give a team a week off. Like, I remember when I was in high school football, and you're, you're a coach too, right? You're, you're a head coach too. Would you give your team a week off? Oh, what, I, the result what, of- what I said at the beginning of the show, I think it starts right there. The arrogance of John Fox, whatever message he's trying to send to the football team, wasn't a winning one. Winning ones are we're two and six. That's the harsh reality. Despite the big win, we need to get back to work on Monday or Tuesday, and we're gonna watch the tape and we're gonna do fundamentals on Thursday and Friday, and then you can have the weekend off, and we'll see you on right. Tuesday. That's a three-day weekend yeah. for t- for players that only get 16 weeks to play football. The reality right. is, it's scum- it's it's ridiculous that he did that. I said it leading up to the game and now during the game you saw the product they weren't prepared and it's disgusting yeah Yeah. and um one more thing i'm actually with my buddy here um he's a big bears fan too but like um actually he's like questioning my ability to get it on get on the show with you guys um actually one more thing i mean like you're a coach right dr phil phil you're a coach yep right would you give your team a week off result based on like however the result came out? Would you give your team a big off, a week off? Sorry. <laughs> no, I just said no. I would never give them the week off if they were seven and zero, and they just beat up on the Minnesota Vikings. Then I could see myself saying to the coaching staff, "We need to reward these guys. They've been working their asses off." This is a two and six football team at the time that won seven. a big game. Now they're two and seven, but at the time yeah, they were two and six. You know, you go back and you look at the fundamentals and you and you ask this football team to take a look in the mirror that we're not gonna accept mediocrity. And what you got on Sunday was below mediocrity. It was putrid. So no, I would never right. give them a week. And off. losing losing to a losing to a Tampa Bay Buccaneer team that does not have a good secondary. You have Chris Conte back there, and you let Chris Conte make a fool of you. So, regardless of what's going on, there's something going on for this team. And I really think that clean house for sure. And, like, do you think Jay Cutler stays another year in Chicago? That's the last question I'm going to end with here. I, I think it depends on who the head coach is, because it shouldn't be John Fox. But if it is John, it Fox, be John Fox at all. If it is John and it's Dowell, then I think Jay's gone. But they yeah. could easily go out and bring in a head coach that is in favor of Jay Cutler, somebody we've we've mentioned before. Just kind of on a whim, Jim Harbaugh has said in the past he's a big fan yeah. of Jay Cutler. If something, yeah, if a miracle were to happen and that would happen, I could see Jay Cutler staying. But from there, it kind of depends on you know if if it's a guy like Matt Patricia from New England, no one has any idea what kind of feelings he has about Jay Cutler and I think at that point any future predictions about Cutler go out the window because we just don't know what a new group of, of coaches are going to think about him yeah but like he like technically he is the best opportunity he has to win but like you know like the thing about the play calling is well now and on this point here it is that, <laughs> I'm sorry um your Jordan Howard is running the ball like laying on Bell of Adrian Peterson and then all of a sudden you just pass can we stick to the running game for 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 a preference? Like, come on, like guy ended what is this, a sports straight hundred yard game? Fifteen carries. The guy has something special. He's right, he's, well, th- he's this year's David Johnson. But I, I'll end on that point. But I'll I'll listen to the rest of your show, guys. All right, thanks, AJ. Thanks, thanks for calling AJ. in again. 
I mean, he he hit the points on the head that you know that we've been talking about. It's it's the running game. It's the second half adjustments, and and it's it's not it's not the it's the seventh time we've seen this kind of thing. I mean, it's the same story, every loss, and and how many times is this are this team gonna do the same thing over and over again and expect different results? I mean, that's the the internet definition of insanity. I don't think that's the real definition of insanity, but that's the saying is insanity <laughs> is doing the same thing over and over again with uh, expecting different results each time and. You got you to gotta do something different, and if, I'm assuming that would be firing a coach. And maybe you could see John Fox try and scapegoat Dow Loggins or throw somebody else under the bus say, hey, okay, we see we made a change, Ryan, Ryan Pace. We made a change, so don't fire me, and try and buy himself the rest of the season. I, I could see something like that happening, but it just what seems like could, at this point they got to do something. What we could do, Lauren, is hire an outside consultant. Then That's a they great can idea. decide what we should do at the coach. It's that kind of stupidity that has put us in this position, as far as I'm concerned. You know, AJ, idea, <laughs> AJ talking about uh, Bruce Arians. Uh, we've talked about that numerous times. I still don't get it, but. That is what it is, and unfortunately, that's part of the people running this organization. There's so much to take in with it. When the performance on the football field reacts the similar path as hiring an outside consultant when you're the charter franchise in a football family, that the guy who stood up in front of all the others and said, I believe professional football is going to work, and is going to be the greatest thing one day, bigger than the college game and bigger than baseball. And everyone laughed at him. Look what happened. And this guy gets not enough credit for what he stood for and his family. And, you know, no one could choose their family. So, but look what they've done to this franchise. And you see the performance on the football field on Sunday against the team you should have beat or you could have beat and ultimately even down to the last point of bringing a Jordan Howard back in the game after you sat him down for the whole second half and he gets injured again in in garbage time Lauren well, that's and, the way the season has gone well and Twitter's yelling at me uh, started started with Sandy at suboptimal life that that is Einstein's definition of insanity. So uh, the, the the doing things, doing the same thing over and over again without without while well, expecting a different result. Apparently, that's, uh, that's <laughs> Albert Einstein. So, uh, but clearly, the guy's I mean, the smart guy, Sandy. So yeah, gotta I give mean, Albert a little bit of credit. Yeah, you'll give me a break here, man. I'm not Albert <laughs> Einstein. No, but he, he a great point about you know J- Jordan Howard finally gets back in in the in the fourth quarter in garbage time and he gets hurt and and how many guys did we see leave this game with injury I mean Kyle Long, Will Sutton, Jordan Howard, even Eddie Goldman limped off again at one point. Uh, is there is there anybody else that uh, Jay Cutler was getting medical attention at one point? I mean, it, it, it again it comes back to those questions we had before about the uh, the medical staff and then injury prevention for this team. And even with a whole week off, I mean these people these players are still dropping like flies. I mean. I, I don't know where the blame goes there, but uh, <laughs> I just I just saw Zach, somebody tweeted Zach Miller, you're an effing bum, effing die, c-word, and, <laughs> and he quote tweeted them, get that hatred out of out of you, brother, be blessed, and then that's that's kind of where Bears fans are at right now. 
Yeah, it's not a good time to be a Bears fan. It's not a good time for trying to pick another quarterback. I know everybody wants another quarterback and thinks that's going to be the answer. The reality is hiring this coach or keeping this coach and believing in the development of quarterbacks when the offensive coordinator is third and two going empty, going inside the the seven yard line in a game you're you're not playing that well when you have an opportunity to get right in it and you're throwing three times these types of things are coaching things these types of things are made by decision makers that shouldn't be here to say that moving forward you're going to continue doing that is i don't know how you sell that to a fan base that's smarter than that i know everyone's instant reaction is to, to come up with a rookie draft pick. When I look at this rookie field, I don't see an answer that's going to change this thing around right now. However, there, you know, there's some good players that depending on where you're drafting, are you going to overdraft someone like the Rams did with Jared Goff to try to, you know, and, and, you know, the 40, who are the Vikings did with Sam Ponder. We can go all through history. You need to draft the best players available. And, you know, the only quarterback at this point, because my guy, Kelly, was hurt, Lauren, and we talked about this on the pre, the preview into Tampa, is, the, is Josh Allen up in Wyoming. I know a lot of people are talking about Tuberski down in North Carolina. This kid in Wyoming, he is a third-year sophomore, so he can come out, Lauren. He's the guy to watch. That would be something to see with him but as far as quarterbacks go right now are you putting your bets on kaiser or watson to turn around the chicago bears franchise lauren well and i just want to point out too you mentioned uh, how the vikings handled sam ponder and i, I think they would have been better off drafting sam ponder christian's wife at, christian at that point. ponder sorry yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I i met sam ponder when espn was around here and whew but anyway, uh, speaking, speaking <laughs> of the quarterbacks, uh, your favorite fruit-based Chicago Bears insider tweeted out his top three quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> 1A Kaiser, 1B Trubinsky, 3 Watson. So that's that's what the that's what the insiders, the, the Chicago Bears insiders are uh, feeling. I don't know when insiders study tape and understand football, but that's pretty much – uh, the going rate just copy and paste Matt Miller <laughs> exactly let's just Matt Miller it up because that's what we do the reality is when it all said and done just like no one heard of Carson Wentz or maybe a few people we see what that's transpired into the reality is some people break stories some people can break down tape I know a few people that I trust that can do both of those things and with this case I just don't see the answer coming in the draft this year now well, if and- Josh Allen comes out Lauren then yeah I'd be willing to take a chance on that young man because he's a playmaker who can make all the throws well and we got about 10 minutes left in the show and I want to I want to steer this back in a little bit more to right now on the Bears because you know, we we talk about John Fox. You know, he should be fired immediately. But chances are, it, it just feels like that's not going to happen. 
You know what I mean? I mean, with the way this Bears team, they haven't done, they haven't seemed to be able to do the right smart football decision. So, say John Fox is still the head coach. At what point do you think they would fire him? You know, I mean, they lose. So they're at New York next week. They lose that game. They're two and eight. Is it? Or you know, do they have to lose two back to back at home to Tennessee and San Francisco? And be what two and ten at that point before he fires. I mean, where where is the line if not now? That's the thing, Lauren. I think the line right is now. You just came off a of bye week. Your bye week is used to prepare and self scout and get your team ready. The best coaches come out of the bye and are so very successful. Their records show that having. Your team come out and play like a Canadian football team on Sunday versus Tampa was very, very Tressman-like, if you will, see the Canadian (laughs) mix there. The reality is... getting better. The reality is, you know, there's no time but the present to recognize, as I said, that train is just no conductor running down the track. It ain't going to stop. It's just going to hit the wall. This was the game that was huge. This was the test game. This was the moment that the team needed to show up and show out and build that off that Vikings game. They completely dropped the ball. Cutler was bad. The defense played hard. You know, one positive was Leonard Floyd. I thought he really played hard, but he's got to finish. He had an opportunity to have three or four sacks today. Got to finish. But the talent he's building off of the Minnesota game, like we talked, Lauren, showing up and showing that quick twitch and the athleticism that made him that high pick. You know, I didn't see this from this football player. Credit goes to him because he seems to be getting better. But still, even on that big play, he talked about He had two opportunities to make the sack. He came free, needs to finish. We're not even talking about this. Could have been a big change in this game. You never know. The reality is defenses stomp out fires. That's what they need to do. They didn't do it today as bad as it was. Ultimately, there's no time but now to say, I'm sorry, we made a mistake. The best people can admit their mistakes. And I think the Chicago Bears need to do that now. This team is riding down that track with no conductor. Well, and one piece of good news that uh, has come out during the show, uh, Jordan Howard was asked whether he suffered an ankle-slash-Achilles injury, as John Fox said, and his quote was, Nah, I ain't suffer nothing. So that should be good news about the <laughs> Well, he might get back. benched for four weeks, Lauren. Yeah, <laughs> he fumbled for the first time this season, so you better bench him. You know what I mean? His first fumble of his career. <laughs> At least in the regular season. He's hurt. He's out. We don't know when he's coming back. That's that's yeah. the John Fox way. Yeah, we. It'll be we a performance-based no thing, you know. We're not gonna we're not gonna name any starters. We're not gonna make any big decisions. He's injured. That's that's the end of the story, right? It's Langford's job to lose. Let's just just keep putting Paul Lasique out there. Really, I mean, there's it's it's Lasique's job to lose at this point. <laughs> You know, we laugh because we care, because ultimately it's frustrating to you, the listener, the fan, the passion-based Bears fan who lives and breathes and dies with this team. We feel the same way. 
So it's to the point where you're getting numb to it. They gave you that little sign of hope. And a shout-out goes to colleague Shane Marsaw, who saw the signs in the sand coming that this was going to be a huge week and testament to this coaching staff and this team and Jay Cutler. The fact that he came out there, he laid an egg, the coaching staff did him no favors, did themselves and the team no favors, ultimately is going to set the stage to reassess the plan and hopefully bring about change. And, you know, we uh, all the talk on Twitter and mainly in the media has is always on, okay, well, who's going to be the next quarterback? But I think the more concerning thing for all Bears fans is that head coach. And, you know, you look at, you know, which quarterbacks in the draft do you like, but which head coaches, which head coaching candidates in the in the waiting do you like? Because I think I, I prefer these quarterback prospects over these coaching prospects because there's not – because especially with how up and down the rest of the league is, you know, I mean – good teams falling and, and, you know, bad teams winning games. There's not, there aren't, and we've gone through this on the Bears wire, the Bears hour, the Bears barroom podcast. I got too many, too many Bears, too many Bears sites to go through in my head. Uh, we talked about it before on the podcast that the candidates aren't great. And I mean, it's Kyle Shanahan is probably your, your top offensive coordinator right now with the way he's got Matt Ryan playing. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator of the Vikings. I mentioned him earlier, or the defensive coordinator of the Patriots, excuse me. I mentioned him earlier and, there aren't really, I mean, Scott Linehan or Rod Marinelli from Dallas. I mean, God, I mean, as far as offensive and defensive coordinators go, even I feel like Dave Tobe is is one of the more encouraging potential candidates, which is which feels sad because he's always kind of been like the default. Well, I guess we'll fall back on that, and and now he's he's rising to the top in a, in a very poor coaching class. I think Kyle Shanahan is a coach's son. Developing his offensive coordinator, showing well there. I think he would have to be at the top of the list as of today. But, you know, After the Dave. Harbaugh, of course. Yeah. Oh, Jim Harbaugh would be your number one choice, without a doubt. Getting him to his dream job, reassessing and changing. I don't think you'd see these stinkers, you know. Now, granted, Harbaugh lost to Iowa, and you're going to jump that in there. But the reality is he understands this game. And when you have the amount of talent that the Chicago Bears have on their football team is better than a 2-7 and seven football team. So they're playing down to the competition. They are, aren't very well coached, so you got to obviously interview a Matt Patricia. But again, those coordinators and coaches from the New England Patriots tend to go off and they're under the umbrella of the best coach in football. So how they are as human beings is something, and coaches is something you have to sit down. Because right now they're doing it the Belichick way. You saw what happened when Josh McDaniels became a head coach. Now, maybe he wasn't ready, but I think his name has to be into consideration for what he does there and the maturity of getting his first opportunity to coach, being humbled, then uh, giving another opportunity for a head coaching position. I think he would learn a lot. So I think he's got to be in the mix there, irregardless of Jay Cutler. I think you hit it on the head in saying the most important thing, 
and the most important free agent and the most important thought is getting the right person to coach this football team moving forward. John Fox is not that guy. He is not that guy. I'm sorry. I thought, unlike AC, I thought he was going to be a good hire, but it completely backfired. And whether Ryan Pace was forced into hiring him or not, the ultimate product is on the football field. And you have to take for what it is right now. And we've only got a little over two minutes left, so I'll, I'll wrap it up with this thought here. When you look back when they hired Mark Tressman the first time, you really felt like, at, at, the, at the time, you had two solid candidates you were deciding between. You had Arians and you had Tressman, and there were pros and cons to both. And most people preferred Arians, but no one was devastated that they hired Mark Tressman. But it was, you, know, you, you felt good about having candidates. And even when they hired John Fox, Todd Bowles was out there. Uh, I can't remember some of the other names they had, but you know there was Fox and there was Bowles and and uh, Adam Gay or not? Yeah, even Gase was in the consideration. I mean, you had names and you were like, okay, this they're going to be able to find somebody. And it's right now, it really doesn't feel. I mean, you can poke a lot of holes in Shanahan and in McDaniel's and in Patricia and and a lot of these things. And, and that's that should be the most concerning thing for the future of the Chicago Bears, at least for me, because I mean, there's you need. I mean, head coach has been the problem on this team for five years, for four years now, and that's what needs to get fixed first and foremost. And there's not it, – it's it's a scary prospect. I mean, you even look down to the college ranks, it's like Bobby Petrino. It, it, I mean, gross, but he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's Louisville pretty well. They're, they're, they're playing – I mean, they, obviously they have a great quarterback, but, you know, it's it, it's just gross. There's just no – there's just no coaching talent, and, and that's, that's the bit – that's the most scary thing about the future of the Bears for me, unless it's Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, it's honestly in who you know. I know Ryan Pace is a younger guy, been around the Saints. So there's got to be talent, coaching talent, and philosophical talent that's in the NFL that's not, you know, old man talking. What's that term? The good old boys network, Lauren? So there's talent in the NFL ready to be a head coach. It's about finding that talent and sitting down with these men and understanding the people that they are. You know, Dan Quinn, former Hofstra coach, built up his resume and his attitude and took from the coaches he's surrounded by in his jobs. And there he is in Atlanta. There's hundreds of those guys. It's choosing the right one, not doing the good old boy network, not hiring a retread. Get the right guy that Ryan Pace wants. Time is now to turn the page on Fox. It's disgusting. There's no way to conceptualize well, how, and Phil, how you that's, did it. That's going to have to do it for Bears Hour Live because we're down to the, the last five seconds of the show here. So for that, uh, th- join us Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. as we preview the Giants game.